0: Oh, why don't you bless the name of the Lord for just a minute in this house? Come on. Come on, I know you've had a lot of turkey. I know it's holiday weekend. Come on, but why don't we just bless the name of the Lord? Come on, why don't you lift up your voice? Clap your hands. Shout unto God. Do whatever you want to do. But why don't you bless the name? Come on, if you know the name, why don't you shout that name right now? Come on, it's the name that's above every other name. Come on, can you shout the name Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome presence of God is in this place. Why don't you give your neighbor a high five and tell him, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And while you're high-fiving, why don't you put both hands together and just clap your hands to the Lord one more time, because he is worthy. He is worthy of our praise today. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, if we could all stand for the reading of the word of God. And while you're making your way, your way there, I just want to make mention uh, to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all those who helped make exalt 17 such a success and how many were blessed on tuesday night by the ministry of music and uh, it takes a lot of people working together Um, there are a lot of people behind the scenes that are always working and i think we ought to give them a big hand of appreciation for what they've done god bless you i thank you for that want to give honor to our pastor and our, uh, pray for our assistant pastor as he is traveling this weekend. And uh, to Brother and Sister Cole, I love you so much. How many are thankful for the leadership of this church? And I thank God for that. Give honor to my wife and to uh, my son, Judah. This is his first time hearing his daddy preach uh, at Apostolic Tabernacle. And so I'm very honored and excited about that. <laughs> So I thank God for him. God, isn't God good to us? Aren't we blessed? We're just so blessed. Amen, I'm thankful. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, if you have it, can you say, I got it? It says this, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Can you say the name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How many want to know Jesus Christ in this place today? Well, I have good news for you today. You can know Jesus in this place. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this subject. Relationship. Relationship. I wonder if you could put your Bibles down, and would you lift both of your hands? I know that you've been worshiping for a few minutes, but I wonder if you could let out your voice right now. And would you pray that God would be with us in this service right now? Come on, I need some prayer warriors to lift your voice and pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work in this place today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would do supernatural things in this place, God. Lord, we long to have a relationship with you, God. You are our desire in this place, Lord. God, we just want you to know, God, I know you've heard us say it before, but we can't say it enough. And that is the fact that we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we want to have a relationship with you today. God, I pray, Lord, that there will be people under the sound of my voice that will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray that you would stir the waters of baptism in this place and will give you all the glory and all the honor. If you came to give God praise, why don't you clap your hands for about 20 seconds and just shout unto God. And everybody said, in Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you for standing. You may be seated. I am an incredibly blessed man. I have a great family, and I'm, in fact, the youngest of three brothers. And do we have anybody in the house today that knows what it's like to be the youngest? You're the youngest brother or sister. All right. Amen. We have a few witnesses in the house. Now, most people would tell you that being the youngest is the easiest because the parents make all the mistakes on the first kid and have perfected parenthood by the time you come along. However, as the youngest in my family... Let me help you with the revelation that being the youngest contains its own set of struggles. I have a few witnesses in the house. Allow me to elaborate. For instance, the oldest is the first to get their driver's license. The oldest is the first to graduate the horrors of high school and a lot of times the oldest is the first to get married, and start a family, but even though the youngest must deal with all these emotions, my friends, that is only the beginning of the problems that the youngest has to face. Brothers and sisters, I inform you today that the worst thing that the youngest must deal with is summed up in three short, simple words, hand me downs. And the youngest all cringed at the very sound of those words. I have nightmares about some of the shirts that I was forced to wear that belonged to my older brothers for years. You see, I was my own person. You have to understand. Let me help you here. You have to understand that I was wearing shirts from a different millennium. Not a different century. A different millennium of style. And I didn't always like the clothes that were transferred from the 20th to the 21st century. And I learned that even though those hand-me-downs could be transferred to me, it was impossible to transfer the significance, the meaning, And the relationship to me. These items didn't mean the same thing to me. That they meant to to those who owned them before me. And I believe very strongly that one of the greatest challenges facing the church in this hour. Is what I call hand-me-down Christianity. Hand-me-down Christianity is when the knowledge of the truth is transferred. But the relationship is not. Truth, can you say truth? truth, can be transferred from one generation to the next. But you cannot transfer relationship. Relationship is something that you must build yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm coming at you right after Turkey Day. I know that you're full. I know that you're tired. But I need to tell you today in the Holy Ghost that you can't make it to heaven on your mama's prayer life or your daddy's bible devotions you can't ride the coattails of the elders into the realms of glory when you get to heaven you've got to know jesus i said you've got to know jesus for yourself I don't care how much your mama prayed. I thank God for your mama's prayer life. But you're not going to get to heaven if you don't have a prayer life. When you get to heaven, it's you and Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. Many will say, In that day, have we not prophesied in your name? And Jesus will profess unto them I never knew you. Jesus knows. About your existence. The Bible says that the very hairs on your head. Are numbered. He knows. Everything. About you. And yet he still wants to speak with you. And he requires relationship with him. On earth. Before he will allow relationship in heaven you see when I was young I had this thing some would call it a drug problem you see I was drug to church I was drugged to youth class. I was drugged to choir practice. I was drugged to Sunday school. But one day, God delivered me from that drug problem because they didn't have to drag me there anymore. Because I learned something when I came into the presence of when I walked into the presence of Jesus, and I began to feel the Holy Ghost. Something began to work inside of me. I did. if you could just praise God for a second come on I used to have a drug problem they used to have to drag me my mama would drag me I was tired but when I figured out who Jesus was I was glad when they said unto me I'm just going to stop right here and say that I love church. Nobody has to beg me to come to church. I don't gripe about going to church. a matter of fact, sometimes in the week, life gets a little bit hard. And I think to myself, and I'll tell my wife, I've got to get back in the house of God. I've got to make it back to the house of God. And I learned something. He's my father. And I'm his son. I want to help you understand what is happening in the church in these last days. Is everybody okay in the house today? I want to help you understand. The devil is at work and desperate to stop revival. It is important to understand, and we learned this in our revival with Brother Campatella, that Satan cannot stop revival, but a human can. Revival can only be stopped if relationship stops. We live in a culture that has replaced relationship with knowledge. We can see this happen in the book of Acts chapter 19 and the Bible says that Sceva was the chief of the priest and scripture goes on to tell us that he had seven sons and these boys had been watching Paul perform miracles in the name of Jesus until one day they decided that they wanted to cast out evil spirits and try it for themselves. And in Acts 19 and verse 13, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcist took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you. By Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And in verse 15, it says that the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Things are getting real at this point in the scripture. I would not want to be in their situation right now. And the Bible says that the evil spirit Overtook them. How could this happen? The answer is found in three words in Acts 19 and 13. It says, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. It is essential that you understand. That these sons could not take ownership of the name. Because they had no relationship with the owner of that name. They wanted Paul's power. But they didn't want Paul's prayer life. They wanted Pentecostal power. But they didn't want Pentecostal relationship. And hell looked at them and realized that that evil spirit had nothing to be afraid of. Because he could see that they didn't know the master that they feared so greatly. Let me ask you a question. Does hell know who you are today? Because there's going to come a time in your relationship with God. Where it's gonna be all of hell coming against you. And it's just gonna be you and Jesus. Your pastor's not gonna be there, bishop's not gonna be there. And you're gonna to have to get over your personality and how timid you are and how shy you are. And you're gonna to have to look that thing in the face. But I'm telling you I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. If you have a prayer life and if you love Jesus and if you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't have to be perfect, but you can look at that spirit and say in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to flee. And 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 hell knows that person knows the master. They know the master. And that's what hell is intimidated by. Relationship. Those who know Jesus. Aren't you thankful that you know Jesus in the house today? The most feared name in all of hell is the name Jesus. Jesus. You feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. That's the power of the name of Jesus. I know we sing about it. I know we talk about it. I know they've won Grammys writing about the name of Jesus. But there is power in the name of Jesus. I can't sing about it enough. I don't get tired of it. James 2 and 19 says, thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Now, my mother is here today. And I'm always careful when I talk about this because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But she has beat cancer twice. And I thank God for that every day. And I remember when I was 16 years old in California and they pulled me in the room and they said, Nathan, we need to talk to you. And that was never a good thing. The talk was never good. And so I knew something's going on. And so we went and they sat down and they said, guys, mom has cancer. We're going to have to go through radiation and treatment and all these things. And She went through everything, the loss of hair, everything that you could go through. And I remember, I remember laying in bed at night so upset by this that I could not sleep. And I would get up in the night, and I'd walk out, and I would just pace the halls, and I would pray in the name of Jesus. And I would listen to my parents' bedroom, and I could hear my father When my mother was asleep and he would say, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. And another day would go by and I'd get up. We were still facing it. And I would walk by that door and I would hear, in the name of Jesus, heal her, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And another day would go by, another sleepless night, and I would wake up. Anybody been in a situation like this? And I would wake up and I couldn't sleep. And we'd walk out and I would hear the words of my father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you believe what you want, but she's sitting over here cancer free. You can say maybe it's the doctor, maybe it's just a chance, but I believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and shout the name. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice right now. We're breaking through something in the spirit. It's the power of the name. It's the power of our relationship with God. I believe it. I'm old-fashioned like that. I think we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I think God can heal people. I don't think it's old-fashioned. I don't think it's just for the book of Acts. I think we can have it now. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If. If. which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins And will heal their land. If my people. I'm telling you. There's an if. That is tied to your deliverance. There's an if. That is tied to your breakthrough. There's an if. That is tied to your answered prayer. If we want to see God move. We've got to pray.
1: going to take
0: relationship with our savior you're going to have to know him how many want to hear him say well done <laughs> well done thy good and faithful servant time is a thief that steals from all of humanity. None can escape the grasp of time. And yet the number one excuse for lack of prayer and relationship with God is I don't have time. You're too busy. You're too busy for church. You're too busy for God. You're too busy to pray. You're too busy to read the Word of God. You're too busy for God. And yet, God is turning the planets and ruling the universe. And He still makes time for you. Were you too busy? When you stood in line for 8 hours to get that 70-inch flat screen. On Black it's crazy how not busy people are on Black Friday. You're going to get that new Nintendo, you're going to get that deal. You're going to make time. You're going to reorganize your schedule. You're going to take off. You're going to do what you have to do to get that deal. And yet, God is looking at us. When are you going to make time for me? Were you too busy during football season when you caught every game? And you kept up With every quarterback in the league. And you can't mention one disciple. But you've memorized every player on every team. Don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. Don't tell me you can't know. You're not stupid. You're smart. You're just not making time for the master. I don't buy it. Is this too real for you in the house? I don't buy it. You have time to live for God. You have time to go to church. You have time for the word. And if your job doesn't allow it, you better reorganize your life. Because when I step up to Jesus, I don't use those excuses. They won't work in heaven. They won't work. I never knew you. about Jesus you had knowledge but you had no relationship you never knew him I feel the Holy Ghost in the house I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost everybody bow your heads right now bow your heads nobody looking around I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost Jesus is coming You better make time. Come on, why don't you search your heart for just a second and say, what do I need to do? What do I need to reorganize? What do I need to reschedule? You need to make time. Not everyone that says, Lord! Lord! will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But if you'll make time for it, and grow a relationship with him. There's something great that's waiting for you. How many are excited about heaven in this place? I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Dennis wore gold chains around his neck. He had chains around his wrist. That was preaching. And he sat there with his arms crossed like this. And when you're a preacher, you learn uh, to look at the nice people and not the mean ones. Because <laughs> some people, they know how to look at you just wrong. <laughs> intimidate you a little bit. And so this was one of those guys, and uh, he was giving me that look like, how dare you preach to me? How dare you tell me how to live my life? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody going to be real? I know you've seen it, so I'll just assume you've seen it. Okay. This was one of those types. He sat there with his arms crossed. He had a little posse with him that was on the pew. They laughed and they made jokes during the service because they were just too busy for church. They They didn't have time. This was a waste of their time. They had to get to the game. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) They had to get to that game. And so they were sitting there, and I remember Dennis stood out to me, and there was a hunger in his heart that was unlike his friends, but he put on this face for his friends to try to keep up the act, the mask of what he had time for and what he did not have time for. And I remember... The power of God was strong. The altar call was given. The church came. People were filled with the Holy Ghost. People were baptized in Jesus' name. It was a powerful, anybody know what kind of service I'm talking about? It was a powerful move of God, and they sat in the back on the pew, and they laughed. And I'll never forget, service was over. The altar call was over. The last song had been sung. It was done. Time to go to Zaxby's. And I looked. Everybody's leaving. And I watched Dennis get up with his friends. They started walking towards the back doors of that church. And I remember his friends were walking out that was that was ridiculous man we don't have time for you know i don't have time for that and they're walking out and i remember dennis tried to walk towards that door and he, he froze and he just stood there and i'm like lord what you doing <laughs> what you doing to him lord and so i watched and i'll never forget dennis looked at his friends and he said i want you guys to go on without me I have something I need to take care of and he turned around and he ran to that altar and he ran up to me and he said preacher I don't know God I don't know anything about church and I don't know anything about you but this Holy Ghost that you're talking about I want it right now he said I know that church is over I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this. I said, Dennis, it's not too late. Just lift up your hands and begin to talk to Jesus. He lifted up his hands and he began to shout and he began to speak in a language that he had never spoken before. Afterwards, he said, there's something that's happened inside of me. There's a heat that's inside of me. I said, you know what that is? That's the beginning of a relationship with God. That's the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. That's what happens when you make time. When you say, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care what procedure is. I don't care what protocol is. I don't care about the proper way of doing things. I just want to know Jesus. I just have to know Jesus. And when you enter into that mindset, that is when revival happens. When everyone on an individual level says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the feet of Jesus. I'm closing. Could you stand and throw your hands up to Jesus if you want to know him? Come on, maybe you already know him. That means you should be crying out to him. That means you should be speaking. That means you should be calling out unto the Lord because you know him. You've talked to him. Nobody has to push you or prod you because you've been talking to Jesus for years. Come on, would you go after him for just a couple minutes right now? Come on, I'm almost done, but could you go after Jesus for just a minute? This is who I need to know. This is what I need to make time for. There's nothing more important than this. What does it matter if I gain the whole world? And I lose my soul. I'm about to open this altar. I want you to look at your neighbor and we're gonna ask them a question. It's a very politically incorrect question. Nobody get too nervous though, it's gonna be okay. I want you to ask them, are you going to heaven? Just ask them an honest question, ask them. Everybody in this place, if they didn't ask you, you should hit them and say, why aren't you asking me that? Come on, are you going to heaven? I don't think that's a mean question. I don't. I think we've programmed ourselves to believe that this question is offensive. But what you're really asking them is a question that's out of love that says, are you ready? Are you ready? I think it's important that we take time to think about that. Now, I'm not going to make you answer. Nobody has to answer. You don't have to answer to any humans in this place. But you do have to answer to God. Maybe, maybe when your neighbor asked you, you said, yeah. Yeah. You know I am. But maybe in your heart, deep down inside, thought, I don't really know. I'm I'm not really sure. I believe and I'm closing. I don't believe that it's the will of God for you to live your life unsure about your salvation. Can I get a witness in the house today? I don't think don't think a born-again child of God should have to live in fear of their salvation. I believe when God gets a hold of your life and you begin to Live for him, and there's a transformation that takes. When you obey the gospel, this is why we have our foundations class, and this is why we teach this stuff, because it's important. How many knows that heaven is the most important goal in your entire life? I think it's great we want to go to college. It's great that we have a good job, but none of that's going to matter if we don't go to heaven. It's the number one goal in our life. That we go to heaven and everything we do in this church is for one goal. To help all of us in this place get to heaven to live with Jesus. (laughs) That's why we do all this. This is why we're here. This altar is open. I want to close with this. Relationship, if you look up the definition, it says a connection between persons by blood or marriage. A connection between persons by blood or by marriage. We are covered by the blood when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We have a connection with God by blood. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're born into the kingdom of God. You become a part of the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. So when you say, I have a relationship with God, you're saying, I'm connected to Jesus by blood and by merit. This altar is open. I wonder if you could look at your neighbor and ask them, would you come pray with me today? Maybe you don't know each other, but just ask them, would you come pray with me today? I want to just go make sure that that question that you asked me, I want to make sure that I know today that I'm going to go to heaven. I don't want to question it. I don't want to wonder if I'm saved. I don't want to live afraid. I don't want to live in fear. But I've got to know that I'm going to go to heaven. Now make your way quickly. Get up as close as you can. Make your way quickly. And I'm going to close. And I believe God's going to move in this place. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need the Holy Ghost, you can have it today. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, if you're not connected by blood, you can take care of that today. That's, that's, that's relationship. That If you haven't done that You're going against the very definition of relationship. It's the very definition of what it means to have a relationship with somebody. Now, all eyes on me, we're about to open this thing up, and I believe God wants to move. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost in the house today? I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Isaiah 58 and 9. We heard of this in our revival as well. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, here I am. I'm a father now, and I've only been a father for seven weeks. Brand new father, brand new baby. Live in the dream, y'all. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And when my son whines, you can tell if he really needs something. And sometimes you'll step into the other room to try to get something done, and you'll hear him, and you go, oh, yeah, he's just, he's just making some noises. He's just playing with his voice. But when I walk into another room, it doesn't matter what I'm doing Or what's happening. When I hear. "Ah!" And I hear a cry. I stop everything that I'm doing. And I run to him. And I go to him and I say, don't worry, buddy. Daddy's right here. Daddy's going to take care of you. I'm telling you, if you'll cry out to your father today, if you'll cry out to Jesus, I'm not talking just playing games. I'm not talking about a call. I'm talking about a cry. When you begin to cry to Jesus and say, Jesus! 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 Your father stops everything he's doing and he runs to you and he tells you, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here. Would you throw your hands up to heaven and would you cry, would you cry the name of your father? Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, we're not going to be long, but something's breaking in this place. Something's breaking in this place. When you cry, when you cry, when you cry to God, your heavenly Father cannot ignore you.